Is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. The historical stuff happens during the week, plus a modern cardinal on Saturdays. Sundays, we'll take a little bit of a break by covering some related topic, often as part of a multi-part Sunday series. Today is a Sunday and we're continuing our efforts to condense and summarize the classic long-form content of popular history, what's now the solemn high pod that we do on or near solemnities, into three to six minute chunks suitable for the new daily crowd. These summaries have about a tenth of the runtime of the originals, so if something really grabs your interest, feel free to pope on back to the original episode, it's linked in the show notes, for more in-depth analysis and a whole lot more tangents. Today, we're continuing our efforts to epitomize popular history's principal content with our summary of episode 8.9, Rome, Part 2, Carthago Delenda Est. Last Sunday, we covered the mythic origins of the Romans from the Trojan demigod Aeneas through the demigod twins Romulus and Remus, with Remus becoming dead early on and Romulus becoming king, and then becoming dead later on. After a couple hundred years of kings, by their count, the Romans overthrew their seventh king and became a republic, all the while gradually eclipsing and integrating their neighbors and dominating the Italian peninsula. It was not a smooth process, but the successes outnumbered the failures, and their own history presents the Romans as a people who persevere through difficulties, a skill that will be put to the test during the period we'll cover today. The Romans would eventually trace the animosity between themselves and the Carthaginians to the history between their heroic ancestor Aeneas and his jilted lover Dido, the Queen of Carthage. But we're on much firmer historical footing if we skip ahead almost a thousand years beyond that to 265 BC, when a group of mercenaries who had taken the Sicilian port city of Messina were feeling pressure from the nearby kingdom of Syracuse and appealed to both Rome and Carthage for aid. Both Carthage and Rome responded, in that order, with the Romans displacing a freshly placed Carthaginian garrison for the city in a response that ignited the First Punic War, Punici being Latin for the Carthaginians, who you also might know more broadly as the Phoenicians, you know, the guys and gals who invented the alphabet. But this isn't about the ABCs, this is about the death match that Rome and Carthage became engaged in, known as the Punic Wars. The conflict that just touched off over Messina lasted 23 years, making it the longest continuous conflict in antiquity, in addition to being Rome's greatest naval war. Despite Italy being a very obvious peninsula jutting out into the middle of the Mediterranean, Rome itself is not technically a port town, and the Romans were never big on naval warfare. That said, they were big on adapting and figuring out how to win. So, after they got their butts handed to them on the open sea, they stole the design from a shipwrecked Carthaginian vessel, and then used hooked planks to allow them to grapple and board the Carthaginian ships, effectively turning naval battles into land battles, where they were much more comfortable. Long story made shorter than it deserves, the Romans actually wound up, well, devastated and broke, but victorious, and in control of the majority of Sicily. Meanwhile, the Carthaginians were similarly devastated and broke, and they were losers. And then they had to fight their own mercenaries to boot, because, being broke, they had no ability to pay them. 
they did win that war, but it was a bad, bad time for Carthage. Fast forward another generation, and the second Punic War that kicked off in Spain famously comes to Italy, riding on an elephant and headed by the general Hannibal, the most famous Carthaginian in history. Hannibal won every battle and turned much of the countryside against Rome. Not all of Italy had been thoroughly Romanized at this point, and when Hannibal showed up and you saw the Romans were supposed to be protecting you, fleeing before him, well, you would, wouldn't you? Hannibal was particularly brilliant at psyops, studiously avoiding damage to the property of the most competent Roman commander, Fabius, in order to undermine the only Roman strategic enough to avoid the direct confrontation Hannibal was seeking out. Things got real, real bad for the Romans, but Fabius Cunctator, the delayer, managed to stretch things out enough to weary Hannibal's forces and allow a young upstart some forty years his junior to prove his worth, as Scipio Africanus took charge of Spain on behalf of Rome. But you don't get to be called Africanus by taking over Spain. That was obviously a step along the way to Scipio bringing the war to the Carthaginians, and ultimately to a close after another seventeen long years. The Third Punic War was brought about by the conviction of a faction in Rome that Carthago delenda est. Carthage must be destroyed. And so it was. In 146 BC, the same year the Romans also finished annexing the city-states of ancient Greece. There's more to come in the story of ancient Rome. Tune in next Sunday for an abbreviated version of Rome, Part 3, The War Within. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.